I'm Marvereen Cole, a freelance broadcaster, journalist, documentary producer um, and academic. And why, uh, why this subject? Why this topic? Why this talking point? I think Boom Shakalaka, who made the documentary, felt it was time to really revisit this subject. Um, I made a documentary about six years ago for One Extra about female MCs coming through in the scene. Um, but I think, you know, topics change. And although the focus back then was black women and why they weren't making the chart, the top of the charts, this is more about um, a lack of representation of black women in the industry. So um, it really delved into issues around um, sexism, colorism, um, intersectionality, um, which is which are really valid points to explore in this time. I couldn't agree any more with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your involvement been? So my involvement has been um, as executive producer. So um, Gemma Kearney, who uh, runs the company with Beth Clayton, um, they approached me, and I think it was given the fact that I produced this documentary about female MCs a few years ago, um, that I kind of know this genre well in terms of radio documentaries. Um, and so I helped um, the producer kind of shape um, what was the original idea, uh, that was commissioned by Radio 4, shaped that into uh, a narrative that helped the audience understand the genre of, of, of grime music. Because, um, as you can imagine, the audience um, of Radio 4 listeners is probably very different to um, your average grime fan. Yes. <laughs> um, so it was about uh, explaining the genre uh, and helping set the scene in listeners' minds about the genre and also, you know, set out the different the different discussion points around the lack of representation um, of black women in the scene. And it's not something really which I've actually thought about until I came across, obviously, i I seen your tweet and then I'd seen it, obviously, that it was coming out and it was being broadcast on Radio 4. Then I actually mm -hmm. stopped for a second and I thought, right, OK, like off the top of my head, I can only really remember Miss Dynamite, Alicia mm. Dixon, and there are not that there aren't that many at all, are there? The women are there. They absolutely are there. Um, you know what's striking is you know they are there. They're working hard. Um, all the women who you know, well, actually most of the women that I featured in my doc, like Nole is still about, Lioness is still about. Yes, one of the strongest women on the scene is actually from my hometown of Birmingham, and she's proud. Oh, one two one, Lady Leisha. Ah. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, she's probably the queen of the scene. She calls herself the queen of the scene. I agree, and absolutely with good reason because if you look at her in terms of actual figures and audits on YouTube and the hits, the number of hits she has on across all her videos, all her songs, she is top of the game. Um, so there are lots of women out there and um, you'd have to quote me in terms of um, the detail. I'm pretty sure one of the ladies mentioned in the documentary uh, Skepta's manager is a black woman. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Skepta's uh, manager is a black woman, and there are lots of women on the scene who are, you know, maybe writing, blogging yeah. about crime, um, who are journalists about crime, um, as well as um, artists, as well as MCs, as well as women working in the scene. 
as well as producers, they are there. But yet what we see, um, what is synonymous with grime is that it is um, a scene that's dominated by black men. Yeah, yeah, yeah very male orientated, isn't it? And very male dominated, exactly yeah. like what, you, what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And how do you yeah. think we're going to, you know... Will we ever be able to break down that, you know, sort of stereotypical grime is for black men? I think it comes down to a mixture of things, really. Um, and it's interesting that Scrivisa and Merxton, who were part of the documentary, were talking about how they um, have done and are still doing what they can to support fellow, you know, black women on the scene by bringing them through as featured artists, bringing them through as kind of, you know, um, featuring in their videos and what have you, they are trying, and I think that's really valid. I think um, A&Rs and record companies have a duty to be um, signing these women to main labels and pushing them and giving them, you know, putting the investment into pushing them to the point where they are playlisted, where they are prominent um, in all the places that black men are, but also... It's a duty to audiences to be more open-minded about what they listen to yeah. Um, and supporting black female artists on the scene. Because I think as a society, we seem to naturally always have gravitated towards um, male success because, you know, male success has been always quite lauded and almost in some way female success, oh, it's not as good, oh, she's not as good, you know. We need to um, shout out for women out there, don't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a mixture of audiences, A&R's labels, and also, you know, the men who are successful in the scene uh, all need to support black women. Yeah, because it is lovely when you do get a successful um, artist that does bring through somebody else. I know yeah, Stormzy's yeah. featured a lot with Ray Black, for instance. Mm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Duo together, which I think are just amazing. They're on fire when they're together, and it works really yeah. well. Definitely, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's uh, marketing effort, marketing spend, but I also think it's um, you know, audiences definitely need to be more open-minded to to kind of follow artists more and support them more because the women are there. Yeah, Ray Black, Lioness, or Girls of Grime, all the DJs who are um, pushing grime. Um, you know, Lady Alicia, it's kind of like buy, buy their material, go and support them at gigs, talk about them, you know, um, kind of spread the word on social, um, help grow their following because they are brilliant. You know, they're out there and they are really smashing it. Um, they deserve the recognition. I agree. I agree. And with the support, exactly like what you're saying, follow them on Insta, follow them on, on you know, on all the social media sites. And I suppose you'll, like be, you'll be quick to find that, you know, a lot of people probably follow a celeb rather than, and you know, and probably quick to, to listen to the music, but not fully support them in that way. Like you're saying, like going to gigs and so forth like mm. that and really, you know, supporting them 100%. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it, again, it's a it's a case in point, you know, with up and coming artists and what have you, you know, these gigs, they don't cost, um, they don't cost the earth, they don't cost you 80, 90 pounds that it costs you to go and see Jay-Z, right? Mm. So why can't you, you know, you pull out your 20 pound and go and support <laughs> a grassroots artist, because at least you can say then, 
uh, you were there at the beginning. And exactly. the pride of having supported someone from the beginning, I mean, not to brag, but I have supported Lady Alicia from the beginning because I remember seeing her on stage in Birmingham on a, a showcase yeah. in like 2007 when she was just breaking out on the scene. And to see where she is now, it's amazing, 2019, right? absolutely up there. I just feel like, oh my God. So you so much pride. And the fact that she's a Grummy. <laughs> yeah, I've seen her grow. Was, oh, it's just such an exhilarating feeling to see where <laughs> she's come. Now, um, I actually say this about Anthony Joshua. Now, I went to the Olympics back in 2012 yeah. mm -mm. when nobody really knew who he was. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, you know, Anthony Joshua this, Anthony Joshua that. I was like, I've been following that guy from day dot. So I can definitely yeah. relate there, even though it's not music mm -hmm. orientated. But it's so well, important. You, still, you watched him coming through, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I can totally relate with you. Um, would you say that there is a problem then within the industry? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the issues, which is a big issue society-wide anyway, that was touched upon uh, and kind of explored was around colorism. So, you know, colorism, shadism, whatever you want to call it, um, the, the notion that if you are lighter, do you are more acceptable than if you are a darker skinned black woman and there were some really shocking revelations in that documentary you know personal experiences from um, a couple of the artists about their experiences of colorism and um, you know lioness being told oh you'd be better if you were light-skinned you know Ouch. yeah and um stush's experience of um a friend noticing and saying to her, well, why are you looking so light and fair in a magazine shoot? Have they actually, like, retouched your image to make you look lighter? Yeah, probably think um, they can sell more copies, maybe, do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just so maddening because it still happens now. Um, it's very apparent in, in society, you know. And it's, I don't know how on earth, you know, Things so, are going to change, but it's 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 really it's awful and it's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. And this has been going off for quite a while, isn't it? I mean, if we look back at, um, I can remember Lupita Nyong'o, and she did a photo shoot cover. I can't remember if it was with, I can't remember exactly, a, a real mm. big magazine anyway, and she mm. had her natural hair out, and mm. they edited that. Can you remember that? Yeah, I do, yeah. Did she not have, like, an Afro palm and they took it off? Yes. Basically, they edited it out. I think that's what it was. Yeah, that's what they did. Um, and it's kind of like, it's. It, it seems it's very acceptable. Um, they feel they need to, or, you know, those who are um, managing our image feel it is necessary to alter us to become more acceptable because we can't, you know, we're not acceptable as we are in our full beauty of our dark skin, yet, um, you know, if you're fairer skinned, uh, you can be whoever you want to be and you're more acceptable and, and more accepted. Um, it's just outrageous. And, and uh, the only way to kind of counteract that really is to um, flood media and flood music and flood our industries with um, countless, many thousands upon thousands of um representations of us as uh, black women as all different shades colors sizes yeah 
Yeah, 100%. I totally <laughs> I, I'm with you on that one and I can definitely second that. And I think when you, you mentioned representation, mm. I don't feel that the grime scene is represented. I know that there are grime artists out there that are doing very well, but how many of them do you know do we do we see? There's a handful, but we're not flooded with that many, and we know that they're out there. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, obviously those who are doing well at the moment, um, uh, you know, the scene kind of accepts a, a certain amount, but. Uh, and the scene is very healthy and it's no longer niche. It's very mainstream. You know, you've got Stormzy collaborating with the likes of Ed Sheeran. Um, I suppose, I, I imagine Tiny Temple was one of the kind of starts of the scene and obviously Wiley and uh, all those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, and the story really hasn't changed from when I made the, the, the first kind of um, documentary looking at female MCs in that I remember interviewing Trevor Nelson and he said, you know, the way to help raise women up on the scene is for the, is for the successful men to kind of collaborate with them and, and give them a push. And yet guys are still collaborating with them. Um, yet there still doesn't seem to be much of a change, you know, six years on. I think the audience needs to open their minds and actively seek out new music, or whether that is, you know, through the streaming services they use, through searching for new um, women on YouTube, for searching for um, new, um, you know, nights where uh, new artists are performing, to kind of be those active curators and um, seekers of new artists and kind of pushing them because, you know, social is so important. Um, and you can start a, mu a movement by, um, you know, showing your support for, for new music. So six years on from your documentary about women MCs, now, we, you know, we're fast forwarding six years later, we're talking about women in grime. Would you say much has changed? Oh, it's really interesting. It feels like... Um, it doesn't feel like much has. That sounds... Oh, it sounds frustrating. Yeah. I mean, the success, the relative success of Lady Alicia, you know, is is massive. She's had a... She's on a massive... Uh, curve now. She's really on an upward trend. She is the queen of the scene. Um, some of the others that I talked about have fallen away. Lioness is still there. Lion uh, Nole is still there. Um, a dot who was featured is obviously now um, Dotty, who's the breakfast show presenter on One Extra. Yes, yes. Um, Estelle so changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Estelle, who kind of started out more kind of solely though. She's more yeah. soul. Yeah, that's very uh, true. I feel she's. Um, obviously flying high in America, but in terms of like success, like big breakout stars who are household names, um, who people know without, uh, you know, the blink of an eye, the women, women's names don't trip on people's tongues in that way still. Um, and it's frustrating. I don't know why. Uh, I'm sure lots of people have got their different theories as to why, but all I can say is, you know, if you like me and you love grime, 
keep <laughs> looking for the new artists, shouting out their name, telling your friends about them, educating people who have know nothing about crime about them, yeah. and just keep championing, you know, the fantastic um, aspiring um, musicians and songwriters and artists out there who are trying to do it and are trying to make it. And what will this radio documentary, which was broadcast yesterday, what will it enlighten us on? If you can just give us a little glimpse of that for people listening. I think it will help you uh, get to grips with the, the the genre of grime music if you have no idea what it is, but you hear about it or you know that, you know, <laughs> you son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter, you know, your niece, your nephew or whatever, uh, loves it you know they love it but you don't know what it is it kind of helps explain to you what the genre is but also kind of put the spotlight on um the issues affect black women in the scene who are part of the industry who are part of its success but that who are not as well known or represented as perhaps they should be and hopefully six years from Today, we may be talking again and there may be something else. And I'm hoping that this will actually change and there'll be loads of women that, you know, are household names and who are renowned for their music, you know, their musical work. I really hope so. I hope that um, as society changes and becomes more open um, and talks about these issues in more depth, that then um, that kind of propels the industry forward and, and propels the industry into actually looking more deeply at these issues and going, ah, oh, no, that's not quite right. Maybe we should be doing something different. Maybe we should be changing the way that we operate to ensure that the gates, the doors aren't closed to these women, that, that there aren't the restrictions that seem to be there, whether um, obvious, enforced or subconscious. Hopefully, you know, those those um, barriers fall away and the women do get the uh, recognition that they deserve. I'm 100% behind you on that one and hopefully that is what will happen. Thank you so much for talking to me today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.